Hey guys, it's so great to be with you this morning, even if it is just virtually. I'm sure for each and every one of us, we would love to be meeting together this morning in person, face to face. But I think it's so wonderful that we're using what we can to continue to gather and meet with one another in this new way during this unprecedented time. And Harvest City, Brenz and I just wanted to extend a big hello to you this morning. We really do miss you so much. We long to see you face to face. We long to enjoy a cup of coffee with you before the service and just catch up with you about your lives and what's happening. And we really are looking forward to one day in the future where we can all be together again the way we once were. And to restore to Mekula and Uptown, hello, my name is Kimmy Cole and it is great to meet you this morning. It honestly feels so weird to be introducing myself to you in this way. Um, we had actually planned a trip out to the US this September to meet you guys all in person, but unfortunately due to these current circumstances, we've been unable to do that and really that saddens us, but we're hoping that one day in the future, we're going to be able to come over there and meet you um, face to face. We have loved meeting the people that have come out to SA over the past few years and really are just enamored by the completely beautiful um, community you are. Um, and it's just been a joy to partner with you um, to see the gospel spread throughout the world. And for those of you who don't know me, I thought it would be great to just give you a quick little rundown of who I am. As I've said, my name is Kimmy, and I'm married to the wonderful Brendan Cole. And we have two cute kids named Maddie and Dylan, who are eight and six years old. And really, us Coles, there's nothing we love more than Jesus, people, and food. Um, we love having people in our home, and if you come to our home, we definitely will try to feed you. There's nothing we have more than new and old friends gathering around our dining room table. And as for Jesus, honestly, he has changed my life completely. When I first came to him, I was completely broken and shattered, hungry for acceptance and love. And it's in him, knowing him, and him pursuing me that I've found the love and acceptance that I've always longed for. What's amazing to me about the gospel of Jesus is that it's not just the starting point of our relationship with him, but that it embodies our entire walk with him, that it's at work in our lives, sanctifying us, helping us to become more like Jesus as we pursue our relationship with him. And really, that's what this Home Sweet Home series is all about how we as disciples of Jesus can continue to follow him, pursuing his presence at this time, so that he can be at work in our lives, bringing about his fruit, helping us to become more like him. And so this morning we're going to continue in Galatians 5, looking at the fruits of the Spirit, kindness and gentleness. But before we get in there, I really just did feel this reminder or sense from God that he wanted to remind us that he didn't send Jesus to die on the cross for us just to make us better people, to have people, to make us people with improved morals, attitudes or behaviors, but that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we could be, we who were dead could be made alive in him. And I think it would be super easy for us to approach this series almost with a checklist of all the things that we want to improve on in our lives, um, almost to try and be better at or try harder at to become more like Jesus. But I really feel like God has so much more than that for us. 
I believe that God is wanting to breathe his life into every part of our lives during this season and during this series, especially the parts of our lives that feel particularly dead, the parts perhaps that we are ashamed of, the parts that we feel guilty about, the parts that have caused us pain and suffering during this time, perhaps as other people have been harsh or unkind to us or have caused us pain and discomfort at this time. Or perhaps it's just from the circumstances we find ourselves in that have weighed heavily on us, causing us pain. It's the parts that we wish never happened, the parts that we wish we could just forget about. I believe that God wants to breathe his life into those parts and into every area of our lives. In John 10 verse 10, Jesus says to us, The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Where sin and Satan want to come and destroy and bring destruction and devastation to our lives, Jesus instead wants to come and bring his life, bring his life-giving presence, so that through knowing him we might find the life we have always longed for, the life that is truly life. It's in knowing Jesus that we are reconciled to God, finding forgiveness for our sins, and that through knowing him and pursuing his relationship with him, that we are also sanctified, becoming more like him. It's his kindness towards us that leads us to repentance, as we read about in Romans 2. It's not our try to be better, try harder, improve, become better people that draws God's kindness, that causes him to show kindness towards us, but rather it's his nature, his character, his compassion, his grace, his mercy, and his love towards us that draw us towards him. Really, the gospel of Jesus is not a try harder, be better gospel. The gospel of Jesus is a come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and find rest for your souls. And I don't know about you, but for me, that is particularly good news in this season, in this season that we find ourselves in. I feel um, during this coronavirus lockdown situation that I have just found myself becoming more and more weary and exhausted as the pressure of this moment has just mounted itself upon me. I felt myself becoming more and more panicked. And really, it was mostly a panic around myself. Was I doing enough? Was I being enough? Was I following Jesus hard enough? Was I leaning into him enough? Was I studying his word enough? And how was I in my friendships? Was I being a good enough friend? Was I being a good enough mom um, and wife? I think particularly the area of homeschooling has been a real challenge to me. I felt very pressurized on this area as I tried to balance work and everything else, as well as to teach my kids to be their teacher at this time. And as these pressures have mounted, I felt a harshness in my um, demeanor growing, where I've become impatient, as Grant spoke about last week, but also unkind and ungentle to those around me, but also to myself, speaking to myself and to others in a way that Jesus would never speak to us in, in a tone he would never speak to us in. And so, in a way, I find it quite strange that I would be the one speaking on this topic this morning, because in actual fact, this is the very area in my life part of my life where I need God to come and breathe his life-giving presence into you. I need him to produce the the fruit of his kindness and gentleness in me at this time. I'm desperate for him. I'm desperate for his life-giving presence. And maybe you have found yourself in a similar place to me today. 
you feel weary. You feel heavy burdened by this season. You feel like you need rest for your soul. You feel discouraged by the things that perhaps this time has produced in your life, the things in you that it has revealed, perhaps that you're not happy about, that you weren't, you wish weren't true of you. And it's, it's been burdensome realizing these things and you felt weary and trying to be better and try harder. Um, you felt, maybe you found yourself on the other side of, of the coin. It's not that you've battled with your um, demeanor towards others, but perhaps someone has treated you really harshly and unkindly in this season. And so you find yourself weary in a different way, also needing rest for your soul in Jesus. And the good news for all of us, well, no matter where we found ourselves today, um, no matter what we've done, no matter what circumstance we're in, is that Jesus extends an invitation to us to come to him, to find rest for our souls where we feel weary and discouraged and depleted. Question is, will we take him up on his offer? We will, will we take up him up on his invitation to come to him? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, we're going to turn there now. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. But we get a little insight into this invitation that Jesus extends to us. And really a little bit of insight into Jesus, the one who extends the invitation. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we read through this text from Matthew chapter 11, it really reveals to us some things about Jesus. It shows us that when we come to him with our burdens and our, our weariness during this time, the things that we're overwhelmed with, as we come to him with perhaps the things in our lives that we're not proud of, that we're battling with, that we need his life-giving presence um, to change and transform within us, as we come to him with all these things, we come to a Jesus who is gentle and lowly in heart, who invites us to swap and trade our heavy burdens and our hard yokes for his easy yoke and his light burden. Jesus who is gentle and lowly in heart, that is the description he gives of himself. That is who we come to. That is who he is inviting us to, himself who is gentle and humble and meek, who is not easily exasperated by us, who is not reactionary towards us, who does not speak to us harshly, who is not easily angered by us, but instead who offers us kindness, grace, and compassion, who's not pointing a finger at us, but whose arms are wide open, calling us to himself. It's a Jesus who is lowly, what someone who is lowly, what that means is, is that they come from humble origins. Someone who is lowly is not high up on the pecking order, um, high up on a pedestal, inaccessible and unapproachable. So that is the Jesus that we come to, is lowly. That means that we come to a Jesus who is accessible, who is approachable. He himself is the one who made this possible because he humbled himself by coming to earth, leaving the riches of heaven to be born in a manger, making himself nothing, making himself a servant, dying on the cross for us so that we would be able to come to him and come into his presence and know him. We come to a Jesus who is lowly. As Dane Ortland so eloquently puts it, 
The point in saying Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus. Gentle and lowly Jesus, God with us, who extends an invitation to us to come to him, who is approachable and accessible, and who welcomes us with open arms. This is the Jesus that offers us a yoke that is easy. And I think for most of us, this word easy, when it comes into our minds, we often see that more as something that is free from pain, free from hardship, free from difficulties or suffering. Um, But as we spend time in this world, and particularly in this season, we very quickly realize that this world is definitely not free of any of those things. And that's certainly not what we see Jesus offering to us in the scriptures. Instead, we see that this word easy, used in other areas of the Bible, is actually translated as this word kind. And so the yoke that Jesus offers us when we come to him is a yoke of kindness. And I don't know about you, but I'm not all too familiar with this analogy of a yoke. And so in reading some commentaries on it, I found it fascinating that this one writer just says that the farmers in ancient Israel used to take a mature ox and tighten a wooden harness on him um, and kind of bring another inexperienced ox alongside him to walk with him, to learn from him, but that the harness that was tightly wrapped around the mature ox was loosely kind of just around the inexperienced ox. And really that the mature ox was the one that was carrying the full burden of the load at this point. And that is what Jesus is saying to us, that actually his yoke is really a non-yoke, that his burden is really a non-burden, that when we come to him and walk walk alongside him, that he carries our burdens. We see that this is what he does on the cross in his great greatest act of kindness towards us, that he takes on the full weight of our sin. He takes that on himself so that we would not have to bear the burden of our sin, but that instead we could find forgiveness for our sins through Jesus and reconciliation with God. And not only is the cross a beautiful example of Jesus's yoke of kindness towards us and and how he extends his kindness towards us, but it's also a beautiful Um, expression of God's kindness towards us, that he would send his one and only son to die for us while we were still his enemies, when we were completely undeserving because he loved us and because he wanted to be reconciled to us. This is God's posture towards us. This is his disposition towards us. A compassionate, gracious, kind, and loving father, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, whose kindness is everlasting, and who expresses that to us through his son Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. For many of us, I think this description in a way is quite startling to us. Perhaps we would not use the words gentle, kind, humble, lowly to describe God. Maybe we would use different words. Perhaps as we review our time in lockdown, that's not the description we would give to the God that we come to, and that in fact we feel like we have disappointed him, that we have let him down with how we have behaved in this time, or by things we've done, or how we have handled the pressure. That if we draw near to him, that he is going to reprimand us at this time. 
Perhaps we feel that because of the circumstances and situations that this pandemic brings, that we have bought into a lie, that in fact his yoke is not easy and his burden is not light. And so whilst we might believe that he is holy and righteous, we might not believe that he really does extend kindness and gentleness towards us, but rather that he is waiting to point a finger at us, to reprimand us, or to even rebuke us for our doubts um, during this time as we question whether he is the one who um, makes our burdens light and who um, brings us an easy yoke. We don't want to draw near to him because of misconception we have towards him, because we don't know that his posture towards us is one of kindness and compassion and grace. What is our perception of God? How do we view him? What are the words that we would use to describe him? And would we use the words that he uses? How do we believe he speaks to us and over us during this time? I think the culture around us and our natural inclinations and responses to people perhaps have distorted our view of God. I know for me and my relationship with my parents, just the way that they treated me so harshly and were unkind to me, I just know I never felt approved of and loved. I always felt less than. Maybe we carry that into our perception of God. Maybe um, we have felt that same way, not with our parents, but in other relationships. Perhaps in relationships with our spouses or our bosses or our colleagues or our friends. And so we have a misconception of God as we take the tendencies of this world and apply it to them. But we need to remind ourselves that we come to a God who is profoundly different from the culture around us and from the people around us. He is a God who loves us dearly and wants to extend his grace to us always and draws us and calls us to him always, who pursues us with his love. In a world that in general is becoming increasingly ungentle, unkind, proud and harsh, we can come to a father who is the opposite of all of those things. He meets us with an undeserved kindness and gentleness that is powerful, that is life-changing, that brings redemption and restoration and renewal and healing, that brings life to the parts of us that we need transformation in. It's in reflecting on his kindness and gentleness towards us that really our hearts soften towards him and towards other people. It's as we pursue a relationship with him because of his great kindness and love towards us that we begin to find that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, producing the fruit of his spirit so that we become people who are more and more like him. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 to 23, we read, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bat and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not glorify gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit as he bears his fruit in our lives that we become a people who no longer bite into and devour one another in fits of rage and and hatred and dissensions and factions, but that rather become imitators of our God, extending our kindness and gentleness to everyone around us. What I find amazing is not only is God at work in our lives, changing and transforming us to become more like him, but he also extends an invitation to us to partner with him to bring his life and restoration, redemption and renewal to those around us, to the people in our world and to the world in general. In the words of Dane Ordland, only as we drink down the kindness of the heart of Christ, we will leave in our wake everywhere we go the aroma of heaven and die one day having startled the world with glimpses of a divine kindness too great to be boxed in by what we deserve. It's as we encounter God's undeserving kindness and gentleness towards us that we are able to partner with him, extending that fruit of his through our lives towards other people, bringing them and drawing them nearer to Christ as they encounter him for themselves. So how can we practically partner with God, extending his love and kindness and graciousness towards others, just as we ourselves have received it from him, even when we were undisturbing, undeserving? I really believe that the biggest way we can do this is through our words. Our words have such a powerful impact on the people around us. Our words can be used to build up and renew and encourage and strengthen, particularly the people who find themselves weary and brokenhearted at this time. But in the same note, our words also can be used as a destructive force to tear down and damage. Our tongue is a pretty powerful weapon that we can use um, on both ends of the spectrum to bring life and also to bring damage. And really, as we reflect on our time in lockdown so far, perhaps we find ourselves regretful of the words that we have spoken during this time. And we are feeling a little bit guilty and ashamed about the words we have spoken. I know I certainly have found myself in that place over this period. And I just think that God wants to remind us once again that he invites us to himself to find rest for our souls and life in him. That when we come to him and ask for his for His forgiveness and we repent of these ways, that he is not a father who reprimands us in harshness, but is one that speaks the truth to us in grace and love, drawing us closer and closer to him, that forgives us and who trains us and empowers us and enables us to turn our tongues into weapons of life and encouragement and strength to those around us. On the same note, perhaps we have found ourselves impacted by the words of others during this time. We found that we have been hurt by the words of other people, and we desperately need God's healing in our lives right now um, to redeem those words that others have spoken over us, that actually he would speak his words over his, us, his life-giving words to us, the things that he has to say about us. Personally, for me, I'm a one, a big people pleaser. And secondly, I also really take people's words to heart. 
And so when people speak things over me, they can really profoundly impact me for the good and the bad, for the positive and the negative. But I really sense that God is trying to remind me, and maybe some of you too, that actually his words are the final say over our lives, and that where we feel broken um, and discouraged by the words of others, we can come to him and find healing and rest in those places. I know that he wants to use our words in this season to bring encouragement to those around us, to bring his kindness and gentleness to those around us, even those that we might deem undeserving, who have been unkind towards us, that he wants to bring his life and restoration through our words to the people around us. I think another way that he is calling us to extend his kindness and gentleness to those around us during this time is through our actions. And one of the things that I've been amazed by as I've prepared for the sermon is just over and over again encountering a God whose kindness and gentleness towards us is unconditional. That he sent Jesus to die for us in his biggest act of kindness when we were totally undeserving. And the question that's been on my mind is how can I be an imitator of God in this exact same way? Perhaps showing love and kindness to the people that have really maybe hurt me during this time or just throughout my life. And I really felt that one of the ways we could do this um, by practicing um, extending gentleness and kindness of God through our lives to others is through praying for them, that we could take on the action of praying for those who have hurt us. Perhaps it's one or two people in your lives that come to mind, that we could pray for them, pray that they would know God's kindness and love in their own lives, and that they would feel him near, and that he would draw them um, to himself during this time. Perhaps we could even take that one step further, and maybe... We could um, buy them something online that would bless their hearts, having it delivered to them. Maybe it's a meal or a package of treats or maybe a gift voucher for Amazon so they can buy a book or a bunch of flowers that maybe they delight, they would delight in. But really that we would do something that would bless their hearts, even um, the people that have been unkind and harsh towards us. You might be thinking at this point, what would be the point in me doing that? Like maybe the people that are coming to mind in your own head, you're just thinking like they probably wouldn't even appreciate that. They probably wouldn't even like be grateful for that. Um, like things haven't been going well with us at this time. Like how would that help? How would that do anything? And I think really what the practice of um, praying for people that have hurt us and maybe um extending God's love and kindness to them at this time, what that really does is that it's, it's, it's about us trusting in God's kindness towards us and making ourselves vulnerable to extend his kindness to others, even when they haven't been kind to us. It's taking steps in our own lives to be obedient to the call of Jesus in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, where it says, love your enemies. It's acknowledging to God that we hear his call and that although we might not like what he is saying, that we want to follow him and that we trust him. We trust his kindness and we trust that as we take steps to be obedient and follow him and his call to love and be kind to others, that he will produce this fruit in our lives more and more. And that his, this, this fruit that he is producing within us can be an incredible blessing to everyone around us, even those we consider to be undeserving. 
because there is power in kindness and gentleness, way beyond what we could ever imagine. I think society and culture wants to tell us that kindness and gentleness is weakness, that it doesn't achieve much, that it doesn't make a difference in people's lives. And I know for certain in my own walk that I've sometimes bought into that lie, that I have believed that a strong, aggressive, more wrathful tone is the way to get things done, particularly with the people that have hurt me. That if I want to see change in the way they treat me and the way things are happening around me, then I need to be more aggressive, more strong, more angry, more um, ungentle, less kind um, towards those people. But that is not the example that we see Jesus giving us in the scriptures. It's through Jesus' life, his interactions with people, with his disciples, with tax collectors and prostitutes, with the poor and the sick, and with people like you and me, that we see that kindness and gentleness is a powerful weapon in this world for change and transformation, that brings life, that brings God's life and healing and restoration to everything. That his kindness and gentleness is powerful in restoring relationships and bringing reconciliation between us and the people that we have hurt or that have hurt us. Um, I really believe that um, as we look to the cross, we see God's kindness displayed in the biggest, most powerful way possible. But we will be convinced that kindness and power and gentleness is a powerful force in this world. And that as we extend God's kindness and gentleness through our lives towards others, that he can be at work doing incredible things, both in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And so if you are here listening this morning and you do not know Jesus, you have not followed him before previously, you do not know his kindness and gentleness for yourself in a personal way, And this morning, I really believe that he is extending an invitation to you to come to him, to find rest for your souls, to find life in him, that he wants to show his kindness to you and that he calls you to him. And I really would love to pray for you this morning, that perhaps this would be a moment for you to come and begin your walk with him and knowing him, being changed and transformed by him and knowing his great love for you. And really for the rest of us this morning, um, as followers of Jesus, that we really would um, just know his kindness and gentleness also for ourselves personally, that he would draw us to himself as we remind ourselves of who he is, a compassionate and gracious God, and that He, as he calls us to himself, and as we pursue a relationship with him, that he will be at work in our lives, changing and transforming us, helping us to become like him. And even more than that, moving in our lives through the fruit that he's producing in our lives to bring his kindness and gentleness to the world around us. And so God, we really do come before you this morning and we just want to thank you for your extravagant kindness and gentleness that you have displayed through your son Jesus towards us, God. We pray for those of us this morning who have not previously known you in this way, but that want to begin to follow you, that we would come to you without hesitation or reservation this morning, putting our trust in you, believing that your power um, will be at work in our lives, helping us to become more like you as we pursue your presence, and that we will find forgiveness for our sins and reconciliation with God and the eternal life and rest we so long for. 
and for us as followers of Jesus, that we that you would help us, God, in this moment where we might feel heavy, um, we might feel burdened and wearied in this season. God, I pray that we would find rest in you, that you would fill us and breathe your life into us at this time, that we would know your kindness for our lives, God, and that in knowing you and your kindness and the grace you extend towards us, that you would change us, that you'd be at work in us, and that you would use us powerfully in this world. We love you, Father. Amen.